we have for some number of broadcasts been vindicating the Bible, the Word of God, against certain objections which have arisen from various theories that have been formed on Bible doctrines. These have come under discussion here in connection with the question, what do we know about the truthfulness of God from the Bible? The Bible presents unique claims to divine authorship. Therefore, if objections can be sustained that there are contradictions and inconsistencies in the Bible, and thus its truthfulness question, this is in reality an objection against the truthfulness of God. We were in process of concluding an objection against the opposite concepts of justification and forgiveness presented in the New Testament, and particularly in the sacred writings of the Apostle Paul. Justification is basically a declaration of innocency, whereas forgiveness is a relaxation of a just claim against the guilty. It is obvious that one or the other must yield its strict meaning if a contradiction is to be avoided. It is insisted that the Bible should be allowed to define for itself its use of words. The common word in both Old and New Testament for salvation is that of forgiveness. Upon sincere and humble repentance, and upon the committal of faith to the appointed substituted sufferings of Christ, all our sins to that moment are freely forgiven by the great grace of God. God faces our sins in the full awful import of them and voluntarily puts them aside or cancels his full righteous claim against us. But the New Testament uses the word justification. What can be its basic meaning? The word justification and its verb are used in the New Testament as nearly equivalent to forgiveness. In one passage on the way of salvation, we have forgiveness used. For example, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In another similar passage, the word justification is used. For example, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In an important passage setting forth the commission of the Apostle Paul in Acts 26, verses 18 to 20, we have repentance, forgiveness of sins, and sanctification, but no reference to the term justification. Paul affirms that God sent him to the Gentiles to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus 
and at Jerusalem and throughout the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. So no salvation was possible apart from a thoroughgoing repentance from sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11, we have washing or cleansing of the heart, sanctification, and justification used, but no reference to the word forgiveness. We notice here in this passage that sanctification comes before justification. And such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Sanctification relates to the purification of heart. Justification may relate to the relationship in Christ that produces the victorious and delivered life in the power of the Holy Spirit. This concept is furthered by the important passage in Romans chapter 4 and verse 25, where we read concerning our Lord Jesus that he was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Here we are expressly told that our justification relates directly to the resurrected life of Christ. Our Lord Jesus affirmed in John 14, 19, Because I live, ye shall live also. We shall be saved by his life, wrote the Apostle Paul in Romans 5.10. In Romans 5.18, we read that a justification of life by the righteousness of Christ is made possible for all. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Here we have the justification of life by the righteousness of Christ as being made possible for all. The invitation is just as extensive as the influence of Adam's disobedience over the human race. This important phrase, justification of life, suggests that our justification relates to a spiritual life by the power and grace of God because of the resurrection of Christ. It results in our walking about in newness of life, as you read in Romans 6, verse 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life, or should walk about in newness of life, the concept of great vigor and spiritual energy being set forth. This also leads in the fulfillment of the moral law of God in the power of the Holy Spirit, as we read in Romans 8, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, faces the gateway to such a happy deliverance 
by the grace of God that a man is justified by works and not by faith only, according to James chapter 2 and verse 24. There also in verses 21 to 4, we read concerning Abraham. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled with Seth. Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Thus Paul and James are harmonized in a virtuous life being granted to us by faith, by the love of God having been poured out within our hearts by the Holy Ghost. As Paul writes about in the fifth chapter of Romans and verse 5, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. In this wonderful state of love, we are to keep ourselves, as Jude so definitely declared in his 21st verse. Justification, then, simply cannot be understood to be radically different from the forgiveness of sin. For the idea of forgiveness is the common presentation of the Bible. Only Paul uses the idea of justification to any degree in presenting salvation. And even so is not consistent therein, but uses forgiveness of sins also apart from any mention of justification, and most evidently intended a similarity of ideas. However, justification is said to be attached to the new covenant of salvation and to be related to the resurrection of Christ. It is quite probable, therefore, that justification relates to the end product of salvation, the glorious transformation of the life of the repentant sinner so that he lives before all by the grace of God, a trophy of God's abounding bestowments of grace. Remember Jesus as he said, Because I live, ye shall live also, both now and forever. Beholding by faith the resurrected Christ, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord as you read about in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Thus has God made possible his wonderful salvation, not only the forgiveness of sin, but the restoration of glorious power and victory within the heart of man, so that by the grace of God we should be restored to that state of victory that we would have had if we had never entered into the pathway of sin. Thus God not only 
negatively removes the condemnation of our sins by his forgiveness through faith in the death of Jesus, but in the wonderful processes of salvation restores us to such an intimate relationship with the resurrected Christ that a justification of life results in the glorious power of the Holy Spirit. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, how can we thank Thee enough for the abounding grace that Thou hast revealed to us in the Bible, Thy precious Word. How we thank Thee that Thou dost invite all men to repent of sin and through faith in the death of Jesus be forgiven, be restored, enter into a relationship of victory through the grace of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.